0: But we want to transition and we want to talk together about Sabbath. We've been there for two weeks. We're still there for a few more. Um, But we want to talk about the practice and the idea. And we want to continue to dive into and explore what does it mean to practice Sabbath. And as we do so, I have to start at this place. I love Sabbath. I love it. I love to talk about it. I love to read about it. I love to encourage other people to practice it in their faith journey. I love to tell them how crucial I think it is to the journey that they're on and the exploration that they're on. I am constantly having conversations with both lay people and ministers and tons of people about Sabbath and the way that I believe that it's supposed to work and what I feel like the scriptures say about it. I love practicing Sabbath with my family. I love that we get to experience this blessing from God. I have fallen in love with the spiritual practice of Sabbath. But I have to be honest with you and tell you it didn't start that way. When we started this practice and this conversation, and for me it's been several years ago, but ever so often I, I, I try and grab it again and dive more deeply into what the practice means and how to understand it. But initially, it was really, really hard to begin the practice of Sabbath. In the faith that I grew up in and early in my ministry, Sabbath was this understated and probably unappreciated aspect of the faith journey. It wasn't talked about a lot or it wasn't discussed very deeply. And for me, and maybe some of you have thought about this as we've talked about it, for me, it fights against some of the natural wiring in who I typically function as. Sabbath forces me to wrestle with my desire to achieve, with my longing to accomplish, with my commitment to succeed. Here's the reality. I am absolutely addicted. I am addicted to work and achievement and success and approval and the value that I believe that I get from these things. And it has been that way all of my life. And when that is true, Sabbath practice becomes incredibly difficult. Matthew Sleeth in his book 24-6 says this, explaining to workaholics why they need rest is similar to explaining to alcoholics why they need sobriety or explaining to smokers why they need to quit smoking. Sometimes I feel that way with regards to Sabbath and yet what I am coming to learn is that I fight the idea of Sabbath. Both in the past and even now, because I deeply need Sabbath. That's really why it's so hard, is it shows the reality of how important it is in my life. For me, it's a weekly ego check. For me, it weekly reminds me of why I exist. It reminds me that my life is about more than what I accomplish. That my work... Your work, for me, my work is this ministry thing. It reminds me that my work is bigger than me. It reminds me every single week that I am not God. And that more than God wants my success, God wants my presence. More than God wants me to do well or accomplish things, God wants me to be in His presence. So the practices of silence and solitude, the the daily office that we've talked about as we did our emotionally healthy studies, quiet time, which many of you have heard about since you were children, and Sabbath are practices in which we intentionally slow down the pace of our life. We intentionally slow things down. We bring things to a halt. We change the rhythms so that we can fully experience some moments with Christ. They're opportunities for you and I to sit with Jesus. They are opportunities for us to love God and to experience what it means to be deeply loved by God. And yet it seems to me what is often true is that even though you and I have deep, deep commitments to Christ and to our faith, these, these practices of slowing down, these things that make us intentionally spend time in the presence of God, they actually seem like constant struggles for many of us. We claim to love God, and yet being with God seems like an overwhelming burden to many of us. Whether it be Sabbath or quiet times or daily office or silence or solitude, we claim to have a relationship with Jesus, and yet spending time with Jesus is often too much for us to actually sacrifice. And maybe that's not more true in any of those practices than it is for Sabbath. The others we would still talk about needing. The others we would still talk about being important even if we struggle with them. But many of us have taken Sabbath and we've done something different with it. As we've talked about it over the last couple weeks, some of you have experienced different responses. And I've heard some of your responses. Some of you just outright push back. I don't like it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. It's not happening. Absolutely no way. Others of you kind of brush it off as this, this cute, unrealistic, this spiritual suggestion. Yeah, it makes great sense if my life didn't look like this. Or yeah, if you understood how things were. I get it. I get that it's important. But nah, it's, it's, it's probably not really going to happen. Others of you have decided that if you can't figure out how to practice Sabbath perfectly, then you just shouldn't start. And for some reason, we don't actually understand the irony in that one, that the call to do nothing, to lay down to-do list for a time, it's okay if we don't get that one perfect. And yet our our, our perfect desires keep us from ever beginning the practice. And then there are others of us. They're still struggling with the questions, still confused by what we're talking about or what it means. What do you mean when you say Sabbath? What do you mean? How, how do you define what work is and what work isn't? How do you, how do you define what is and isn't rest? What, what are the rules that are surrounding this idea? Some of you say, can you give me some more specifics? But be careful, don't make them too rigid. I don't want to feel like they're they're burdening, but I want to understand the specifics of what's going on. And there are even some that say, are you sure this thing's a gift? And if it is a gift, are you sure it's actually a gift that I want to take? Or is it kind of like those gifts that my great aunt gives me once in a while that I would have been fine if I never actually received them? And they get buried in a drawer somewhere or thrown away. Because, yeah, they're gifts, but they're not really gifts that I'm interested in or that I want anything to do with. I think that we struggle with Sabbath in some ways because we feel some of the concerns that that some of the authors I've been reading about Sabbath from over the last couple of weeks mentioned. A.J. Swoboda in his book Subversive Sabbath says this, When all is said and done, the worst thing that has happened to Sabbath is religion. Religion is hostile to gifts. Religion hates free stuff. Religion squanders the good gifts of God by trying to earn them. Which is why we will never really enjoy a sacred day of rest as long as we think our religion is all about earning. I suspect some of you have felt that way as we talk about Sabbath. I suspect some of you have felt, as Peter Schizero mentions in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, when he says, one of the great dangers of faithfully observing Sabbath is legalism. For many, Sabbath has always been about legalism. I mean, come on, it's one of the Ten Commandments. Obviously, it has to do with the rules and following the rules appropriately. And when we join it with the other rules that we find, especially in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, we begin to lean into this idea of a faith that is primarily about what we do and what we don't do. It's primarily about the rules. It's primarily about getting things right. It's primarily about making sure that our actions or our inaction puts us in line with who God is and exactly what God wants us to do. It comes back to our activity our performance. And we actually have language that completely denies this idea. We have language around our face and our belief that actually says, no, we absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, do not believe that we have to work in order to earn or achieve our faith or to be loved by God. We absolutely wholeheartedly believe that. And yet, it seems pervasive This way of thinking seems pervasive in the way that we think about God, in the way that we relate to God, and in the ways that many of us live out our faith. In that we are constantly concerned about the rules, about our performance, about the right activity, about not doing the wrong activities. Does this, at least in some way, make sense thus far? This is a yes, this one's a No. Dreary, cloudy day makes it a whole lot harder to pay attention, doesn't it? My mic's actually even working now, so in a minute we'll just make it squeal real loud so that you're with us. As you think about that, as we let that soak in, as we think about the realities and the struggles and the stresses and the pressures of what it means to be Sabbath, or do Sabbath, this morning here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk to you about what has become for me one of the primary and most important reasons that I love Sabbath. Schizero in his emotionally healthy writings, takes the, the idea of Sabbath and he breaks it into four primary elements. And there are other authors that do similar things or use similar language, but their words are sometimes different. And, and most of Schizero's I've liked um, as I read these and I think about them. But the reality is his defining of Sabbath around these four elements has completely redefined what Sabbath practice is for me. And it's influenced the arc of the conversation that we've been having so far. It's influenced the ways that we've been talking about Sabbath and how we've been talking about Sabbath. He says that Sabbath is primarily these four things. He says that it's stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplating or meditating or spending time in or around the presence and the things of God. Stopping, resting, delighting, contemplating. I think that many of us, as we think about Sabbath and we talk about Sabbath, we have had a tendency to focus on some of these aspects or elements of Sabbath, but not necessarily all of them. We've leaned into one or the other. Sometimes we've leaned into a distorted version of one or one that that kind of looks like stopping or kind of looks like rest, but we've not fully embraced what it might actually mean to do that but it seems to me that it's been rare that many of us have lived a type of Sabbath that actually embraces and takes on all four of these elements that Casero talks about for me when I was a kid Sabbath was primarily about the contemplation aspect of of the four things that he talks about and and Yet, as I say that, it had very little actual contemplation in it. I mean, as a good Baptist boy, contemplation meant going to church a whole lot. So on Sunday, Sabbath for me was about going to church a whole lot. We would go on Sunday mornings and we would be there for two or three or four hours, depending on the week and what was happening. And on Sunday nights, we would go back and we would be there for two or three or four hours, depending on what was taking place. And sometimes in the middle, we would try and squeeze in some things, a lunch, a break, A nap, which actually only usually happened if it was punishment because we'd done something we weren't supposed to while we were at church, so we had to go home and take a nap. Sometimes we might try and cram some errands in there, and it might be that some of those things were fun, but usually they were just stressful because they were crammed in, and they had to happen in a hurry, and they had to happen in time. And the entire day of Sabbath became about going back and forth to church and getting to the end of the day absolutely exhausted. Because we had been overwhelmed by the things of God. That, that was my experience of what Sabbath looked like. Others of you have talked about the idea that, that your grasp of Sabbath was primarily about stopping certain things. I've heard some of you mention that mowing, absolutely a no-no on Sabbath. Because you have to stop, and it looks like work. So there are people who said, no mowing on Sabbath. It's it's against Sabbath. It's breaking Sabbath. No joke, there was a church that I interviewed with uh, 10 years ago or something like that, that when they brought me in and we were talking about their life and their church, and there were a whole lot of connects, but one of the things that someone actually mentioned is they said, we think this is a little bit crazy, but there are some people in our church that wholeheartedly believe you cannot mow the yard on Sabbath. So this is somewhere you come and you live in this Parsons, just no, mowing on Sunday completely against the rules. And I thought, that's interesting, okay. Others of you, as you've talked about stopping, you've talked about cooking. And it may be in your past or in your upbringing, you understood cooking was against the rules. You didn't cook on Sabbath. Sabbath looked too much like work, so you didn't cook. So you had to find ways around that. You had to find ways in which other things happened. Others of us haven't talked about the stopping aspect as much as we've talked about the resting aspect of Sabbath. We have to rest, and yet it doesn't matter what our resting does to place demands on other people as long as it's rest for us. we've taken one or two of the elements and we've looked at them. And I want to propose this morning that perhaps the least valued aspect or element of these four has been delight. That as we've thought about Sabbath and we've taught about Sabbath and we've talked about Sabbath, that rarely, if ever, have we focused on the idea that Sabbath is a day that we have for the opportunity of delighting. It wasn't until the last couple years that I began to embrace and enjoy that idea, that I began to celebrate that. And I think it was actually Scazzaro's writings that put me on the idea that delight was supposed to be a part of my Sabbath practice. And now I can tell you that it is vital to me experiencing the presence of Christ on Sabbath. It's changed our understanding of the way Sabbath works. It's changed our practice of how we do Sabbath. It is not enough to fill a day with church activities And say, that makes it Sabbath. Yeah, I know, this is the pastor saying that. It is also not enough to lay out a list of what is allowed and what is not allowed. And now that we have the list and there are certain things we do and certain things we don't do, now we can call it Sabbath. It is not enough to just take a long nap and call that day Sabbath. Although I would say I highly recommend long naps on Sabbath. Highly recommend. But the nap alone is not enough to decide that the day was Sabbath. Our Sabbath should include delighting in the blessings that that God has given us. Enjoying the things of God. Sabbath should include embracing those things and living in those things. But I don't know about you. First, I have to come to the place of noticing what is it that I delight in? What is it that I enjoy? What is it that I have fun doing? Because I've spent so much of my life completely overlooking those things and moving straight into responsibilities or work or jobs or other things that are going on. Ruth Haley Barton says this, do not make Sabbath keeping a weighty exercise. Explore it with delight as though you and God are learning together how to make the day special for both of you. And Scazzaro says this, as part of observing Sabbath, God invites us to join in the celebration, to enjoy and delight in his creation and all the gifts he offers us in, us in it. He goes on to say this, through any and every means possible, on Sabbath we seek to feast on the miracle of life with our senses. He says this, on Sabbath, God also invites us to slow down. To pay attention and delight in people. there also says, creation and life are in a sense God's gift of a playground to us. I don't know about you, but for me there is something beautiful in thinking about Sabbath in those ways instead of in the ways that I often have. Let me read you a couple more quotes. Matthew Sleeth says this, Sabbath is a weekly reminder of all that is good in God's world. And then Wayne Muller, who wrote the book called Sabbath, beautifully captures the idea of delight over and over and over again as he talks about Sabbath in his book. I want to read you several of his quotes. It says this, In Sabbath time, we remember to celebrate what is beautiful and sacred. We light candles, sing songs, tell stories, eat, nap, and make love. It is a time to let our work, our lands, our animals lie fallow to be nourished and refreshed. He says this remember to play and to bless and to make love and to eat with those you love and take comfort easy and long in this gift. Of Sacred rest, another one, spend a day napping and eating whatever's left over in the refrigerator. Play a game with your children, take a walk, have a cup of tea, make love. Do nothing of any consequence or importance. Friends, these are aspects of Sabbath that I had never even considered when I began this practice. When long ago I began understanding that Sabbath meant don't work, I had never fully embraced the idea of what it meant to delight in this day. But for me, as I think about delighting, as I push towards this idea, it removes the legalism that can so often begin to leak into the conversation. It removes the legalism because delight looks different for so many of us. Now, that doesn't change. There's still some things that we have to stop. There's still some things that we have to let go of, that we have to release. But delight looks different for each of us. Couple examples Social media. For some of you, the idea of being involved in social media stuff is taxing, it's work, it's stressing, it's overwhelming. Maybe it makes you think about your job or maybe it just makes you think about the responsibilities that you have in life. Maybe it overwhelms you with this idea of what it means to keep up with everybody else. So perhaps a good Sabbath practice for you would be to let go of social media. Don't turn it on. Don't look at it. Have nothing to do with it. For others of you, social media is a way that you connect with loved ones. It's a way that you invest in their stories, that you see their pictures, that you reconnect with people you love. So for you, that's something that you can delight in on that day. There is no hard and fast rule. You have to decide where you find stopping and resting and delighting and contemplation. Mowing the yard. It's odd how much this one's come up in the last three weeks, but over and over again, people keep asking about mowing the yard. Some of you love it. So mow the yard on Sabbath. Some of you hate it, and it's nothing more than a task, a responsibility, a job that you have to get done that nobody pays you for and nobody appreciates except the neighbors. So don't mow on Sabbath. And for others of us, it changes. When Callie and the kids were out of town... I came to one of the days that was Sabbath for me, and I decided that on that day I was going to mow the yard because I just wanted to be outside. I wanted to embrace what it meant to be outside, to enjoy being outside, so I spent the day working in the yard. And it was a great day of rest, of Sabbath, of spending time with Christ, of delighting in what God had created. The next week, Callie and the kids were back. And at that point, all that mowing had become was a responsibility that I had to get done because if I didn't get it done, I didn't feel like I could go on and do the other things that I wanted to get done. So I didn't do it on Sabbath. There's no way. It was no longer enjoying. Now it was just a burden. It was just work. So I spent Friday, which is the day that we typically get our unpaid work done so that we can enjoy our Sabbath. So I spent Friday mowing and working in the yard because it was work now. It wasn't Sabbath. It changed for me, and it will change for you perhaps from time to time. That is completely acceptable and completely appropriate. I want us to notice in the Isaiah passage that we read, this this passage that defines what worship looks like. Most of the times that I've read it, I've always focused on the beginning of the passage, which I love, by the way. It's an incredible passage as we think about Sabbath differently and fasting differently. But I don't know that I'd actually noticed that it blends straight into talking about Sabbath practice. So worship, which they did not just on Sabbath, but every single day, fasting, which happened from time to time, sacrifices, which happened all the time. But there was this daily move towards, um, towards the temple or the tabernacle, depending on where they were in times or the, um, Oh, I've gone completely blank on the word. What's if it's not the temple, it's a sanctuary is the wrong word temple. No, what is the word that I'm looking for Synagogue. synagogue, man, thank you. You guys weren't yelling quite loud enough for me to hear you. They would go to these places to pray, to worship. So in the speak of worship, we also find that it transitions into the talk of Sabbath. And here's what it says. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day. And don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor, honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Look through that verse again. Look at it in, in the words that I've intentionally highlighted or emphasized. Enjoy, it says. Delight. And then it says, the Lord will be your delight. Sabbath is for delight. Sabbath is for enjoying Sabbath is this opportunity for you and I to enjoy life. So friends, what is it that you take joy in? Where is it that you find delight? What is it that you love doing? It's possible that it will take a kind of rewiring in you to find that, to grasp that, to embrace that. And at the same time, some of us have to fight that we would talk about things like... We love our work. We love our jobs. We love our responsibilities. We love the things that we do have to accomplish. And that's true of many of us, which is wonderful, by the way. It makes your weeks a whole lot better than they could be if you love going to work. But just because you enjoy your work doesn't mean that that's what you get to do on Sabbath. Because Sabbath isn't only that piece of delight, it's also stopping the routine. It's also resting from what is normal. And that's why all of these elements have to be brought together. So we delight, but we can't get confused in the idea that our actual delighting comes in our achievement. Our actual delighting comes in accomplishing our to-do list. Or we bought into not true delight, but getting things done. Accomplishing tasks. Proving that we are worthy. H.J. Swoboda says that Sabbath needs to be intentionally different than other days. He says it this way The principle is this the Sabbath is opposite day. By that I mean that it is wise to aim our Sabbath activities around what we do not ordinarily do for work a lot of desk work, a lot of computer work, a lot of reading then Sabbath should perhaps be some day that you spend outside in nature. Your work is outside with your hands during the week, and it's about accomplishing these tasks or building something. Then perhaps on the Sabbath you need to sit and read a good book and enjoy an entire pot of coffee because you can. It's Sabbath. Now, maybe you do that on your work day also, but... Scazzaro says this, says that we should make a list, but he also says that making that list is going to be harder than we imagine possible. Make a list of what brings you delight. As simple as this sounds, you may actually find it difficult to do, especially if it's been a while since you experienced anything that brought you delight. As we talk about delight, I wonder if children understand what it means to delight better than any of us do. If children understand what it means to enjoy life, to embrace life, to delight in life. And I actually wonder if that means we should put them completely in charge on the day that is Sabbath for our family. We should let them take over and make the decisions. Have two desserts. Eat ice cream for breakfast. Go paint a picture. Play in a puddle. Go for a swim. Run in the park. Pick dandelions and give them to strangers just because you can. All the things that our children do and they delight in. As we talk about delighting, the suggestions are intentionally broad because for each of us they look so very different. Each of us find different things that we enjoy, that we find delight in. But we need to pursue these things that we delight in. And yet, as I talk about delight, I also think about the idea of a dad who's taken his entire family to an amusement park, wanting them to have so much fun. And it just ended up that they're there on a day that all of the family hates everyone and everything. Have you ever been there? And as you get there, dad says, we are going to have fun, whether you like it or not. I paid a lot of money to be here. No, 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 that's not what Sabbath is supposed to look like. That's not what it means for us to delight and enjoy this. That's why it changes and it moves and it flexes and it looks different. But Sabbath is an invitation for you and I to do what we love. And it's an invitation for us to let the people we love do what they love. I've heard the question asked how in the world do I enjoy Sabbath when I have kids? There's no way that it's Sabbath when we have to go to endless ball games and ballparks and travel from here to there and here to there and here to there. And I say, says who? Who says that that can't be Sabbath? They take great delight on the field. So maybe Sabbath, yes, requires that you limit some of the activities that your kids are doing. But maybe it also understands that they take great delight in those activities. And sometimes being mom or dad means that we should find delight in what our children we love find delight in. So it might take work, but work your way towards delighting simply because they do. Because part of what it means for us to love one another, to find our way towards Sabbath, is to also bring delight into the lives of those that we love. And to find delight in doing so. So a couple says, but I want to stay home on Sabbath. I don't want to go anywhere. And my wife wants to go all the time, constantly. Okay, so stop and have a conversation about it. And plan and decide what you will do when and give and take and compromise and make sacrifices. Not just because you want to delight, but because you also want to make sure that the people that you love find what they delight in. It is not either or, it is both. We try to do this for the kids. We want them to love Sabbath. And this week, Emory talked about Sabbath over and over and over again. Well, what's Sabbath? What are we talking about Sabbath? What do we do on Sabbath? What's happening with Sabbath? And then we did some special things and she went, oh, because it's Sabbath. Yep. So it's not at all uncommon that on Sabbath we go get ice cream. Now we say it's because the kids love ice cream. I think it's actually because Callie loves ice cream. But it's not at all uncommon that on the Sabbath we go get ice cream. It's not at all uncommon that on the Sabbath our kids watch more TV than they do any other time of the week. And they get to pick what they watch. So they watch these terrible shows that we don't want to watch because it's Sabbath. And they get to play in new ways on Sabbath. So it's not uncommon that we have a big breakfast because they enjoy it and we enjoy it and we get to sit and spend time together. It's not at all uncommon that we go to a park or we go play outside or we play games together because we want them to love Sabbath. And reality is Sabbath will change as they grow. As they grow and they look different and they do different things, we will all delight in different things and we will find our ways towards Sabbath in completely different ways. But here's the core of what I want you to grasp today. Here's the core of what I want you to get and hold on to. The Lord finds delight in seeing you delight in the blessings that you have been given. Do you know that? The Lord Finds joy Finds delight in seeing you Delight in the blessings That you have been given So church Delight Set aside an entire day To do nothing other than delight In the blessings that you've been given And bring delight to others Especially to those that you love And hey Why not start today Pray with me, would you? Jesus, as we think about this idea of Sabbath, as we think about delight, as we think about play, as we think about having fun, for some of us, it sounds irresponsible. And I pray that if we wrestle with that, that you would give us a break. Push us to give ourselves a break. Help us find the things that we love, that we delight in, that we take joy in. Find them and pursue them. And make them possible for the others that we love. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.